What's up you guys, Jeremy McGrath here. You are listening to Moto X Pod Show. Boys and girls, we are back. Episode 107, the A1, uh, I guess, wrap-up show. Pretty excited. Pretty rad weekend. Glad to be back at it. Uh, Moto X-Pod show is brought to you by our title sponsor, Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing is providing high-quality, economical performance parts. Check out TorqueOneRacing.com for grips, pegs, handlebars, shifters, brake pedals, and more. Johnny and Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry. Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're also brought to you by our longtime sponsor, Shock Socks, MX Girl Designs, All Sport Dynamics, Mad Jack Synthetics. Dane Evans is an independent Amsoil dealer at Mad Jack Synthetics. Of course, Fly Racing and Power Band Racing. Uh, if you got WP Suspension, they are a certified WP Suspension um, service center. And yeah, we'll, we're going to be giving one of us free service away pretty soon. Like I said, episode 107, we've got uh, Red Bull KTM's K- Cooper Webb tonight. We have Doc G, chiropractor, to m- about half the field probably. And uh, Texas privateer Scotty Winterstrom. And then just a lot of talk about A1. We've got DJ TJ in studio tonight. It's been a while. Say what up. What's up, guys? How's everybody tonight? That's all no you answer. Say? No answer. Asking y'all. How, what, how, I, I was sorry, man. What'd goodness you say? gracious! What'd Never you mind. See? I was asking Turn how everybody mind. was. Oh, but. I'm good, man. I'm glad to be back. Long weekend, but a fun weekend for me. Very little sleep. JT Cooley in studio. Oh, ready for Glendale? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were supposed to be at A1 with me, and a nightmare of a schedule with your yeah. job happened, and everything fell apart. But you kind of saved him from having to deal with sitting in the rain to watch a dirt bike race. Dude, well, I didn't sit in the rain. I was in the press box. Well, you're too cool for school, but I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, yes, he didn't sit in the rain, but it was still an amazing track for an A1. Um, but, yeah, JT, we had to give his pulp show, live, the live pulp show ticket away because he couldn't make it. Everything just went to shit for yeah, you. Week. <laughs> and uh, in a few moments, we're going to have uh, my buddy Wes Cargill in. Uh, he's coming in from Austin, so he's running a few minutes behind. Um, I think so, if yeah. you're coming from Austin, you're always running behind because the traffic is terrible there. Yeah, so. he he had a few things going on. Um, I just got a got a text from Dune Goon. Okay, what about what we talked about earlier? So we're anyhow, good. we um, yeah, I was out of town at work, yep. obviously, which I'm always either working or dragging my kid to a dirt bike race. But I was out of town, and I got to um, watch the the at least the first part of the race with a gentleman who had never seen dirt bike racing before and there was enough excitement that it and he's big time into football that's all he cared about like like literally if i heard somebody else talk about football again another time i was going to kill a giant black man (laughs) 
and uh, Leroy. Leroy, yeah, my JT's heard me talking in the talk. Leroy in the background. Leroy is awesome, but um, too much football. Anyhow, he um, it was interesting watching like somebody who had never ever know anything about dirt bike racing to watch it. And Anaheim was a good one. We had some great racing, and I mean, all the way from the heat races because he, I think, I think he kind of called it a night somewhere right before the main events, which. We're a little bit of a mud fest, so yeah, it wasn't like sloppy, bad, muddy like uh, like a Daytona or Seattle. It really, I mean, how the guys were still hitting the quads and those huge doubles that yeah. were just unreal. There's no problem. Good. What's up, dude? So yeah, we're uh, we're just doing a little A one talk, so we get let Wes get situated. It is not on yet. No, okay, so we'll get him yeah, in here and get situated. But um, yeah, it was amazing. Um, great racing. A lot, you know, when the weather. When I knew the first of all, here in Texas, it's rained for like three weeks, four weeks straight. It seemed like day after day after day. And Wednesday night, I told my fiance, "I'm getting the hell out of here. I'm going to sunny California to watch Supercross." And it was raining. And then it rained. And then I realized once I got there, the last time I was there was 2017 for. The Vet Nationals. Yeah. And it rained. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, every time I go there, apparently it rains. Um, yeah. Hey, JT, can you scoot around a little bit? And then, Wes, if you'll scoot around, we get you on Yeah, we got camera. The, we got the camera going up yeah, there, maybe bro. Yeah, a little bit more. So, yeah, so everybody that's watching. Yeah, there we go. So everybody can see. This is uh, Wes. So when we opened the show, I didn't say this. That band that I play, that's Brass Tacks by a band called Not in the Face. Wes is the drummer of that band. Um, so check them out, Not in the Face. You got a new album coming out, don't you? Sometime this next year. Yeah? Yeah, it just kind of depends on when Jonathan gets excited about putting it <laughs> Jonathan out. Terrell, your yeah. singer-guitar player who also yeah. has some solo projects of his own. Yeah. You're in a bunch of other bands, Harvest Thieves in Austin if you're in the area. Yep. Um, check them out. Um, you got a website? Does Harvest Thieves have a website? Yeah, harvestthieves.com. Cool. Um, Dude, that song rocked. I'd never heard yeah. it before. That was legitly good. So. Oh, awesome. Thanks, now, Harvest Thieves is a country band. Yeah, that but, is not he, ter- that that is not good. But the song well, we played earlier was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Wes is a Wes is a drummer for hire. Yeah. yeah, so he's got a lot of projects, but he'll play like a sniper. If you'll, if you'll pay him, he'll play. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that. And he rides. He didn't get to ride much anymore. It's been a while, but it has been. A while. He's Michael Gage's brother, who's been in studio with us before. Yeah, can, um, can you ride like Michael? <laughs> no, no, yeah, none no, of us can. Yeah, so no. that's why. <laughs> yeah. I got close for a little while, but it's it's been too long. Right. <laughs> so, do you, do you ride with his style? Or are we going to be able to see Michael it, Gage? You know what? There's a little bit of it. In yeah, there. I like yeah, that. Yeah. His style is so smooth. He, he went yeah. through all that training. That yeah, the, yeah, the, the, string, the string line, line training, line. and yeah, yeah he, he stand up. Don't use your brakes. Hold, hold first gear. Yeah. Front brake on. Full. As full slow on. As, as slow as you possibly can go without falling over. And like like he had Doc like basically locking his front wheel up, yeah, and dragging the front yeah. wheel and pushing. Yeah. 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 No learn, clutch. Learn that control. There, there for a while in our yard, there was a rut. You know, <laughs> from I the front wheel. From just yeah. doing the, yep. the streamline stuff. Well, Wes, did you get a chance to watch A1? I did. I what, did. what were your thoughts? Oh, man. I thought it was a great race. I was really impressed, man. Like I've, I've been rooting for Kenny the last couple of years because I think his story in oh, itself yeah. is amazing. And yeah. To me, out of everybody, I was like, man, he if he can stay healthy and – like he just looked way more comfortable right. out there than a lot of people. Yeah, he, and, and those guys, him and um, Tomac, having to come through the pack, it, that has yeah. to be nerve wracking. The first race of the year, you want to do good, and then you don't get the good starts, and having yeah. to deal with, I mean, 
there's so much that could happen with obviously we like we said earlier it wasn't a full mud race but it was like a it was it was slick like yeah like JT and I talked and and we do fantasy stuff and I picked Carson Brown because I'm like well that dude rides up in in, in Washington he's got to be used to slick tracks you know so I interviewed him because I knew you liked him he did terrible yeah. Man, no I mean he did he rode good and he made and, and great for him I'm just talking about for my fantasy team hey so we have uh, <laughs> we have an actual professional producer watching right now so say what's up to Dune Goon yeah Dune Goon Travis Marks is in on YouTube watching that's pretty awesome so. What what do you want some advice from Travis? Can he give you any on you know maybe? It's, I'm terrible at this, so any advice is always going to help. Well, you put know? you in the corner. In the you're not room. you're not wearing ex- playing Excite Bike. Yeah, I'm actually work. I'm actually having to pay attention. I'm not good enough to just goof off and play Excite Bike the whole time. Me either. So, so all right. Um, so we got Cooper Webb coming up in about 15 minutes. Um, obviously I was a one. Got a lot of really cool stories. Uh, which we'll have to talk about that maybe at the end of the show, or I don't know. We'll just have to see how things go with time schedule. Like I said, we've got Cooper Webb, Doc G. If you guys follow Moto, you've seen Doc G. He's the guy that works on Brock Tickle, Christian Craig, uh, Zach Osborne, I believe, so many others. We're going to talk to him about what he does. Um, so let's talk about we have – man, we've got to do the giveaway for the Fly Moto, the, the Fly Podium Stand. Yeah. Uh, the uh, we had a bunch of emails with people who picked who they thought was going to win the 450 and 250 class, and nobody was even close. Clearly, so do we just move it on so to next week? No, we're going to do a drawing. We're just gonna we're gonna put them all in a drawing of the people who actually. Yeah, we'll, got we'll you. pull a winner out here Did in a little bit. Anybody we'll t- pick any of the winners? Yeah, or? there was like one or two that might have gotten one of them. Yeah, well, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, I shipped off the helmet that at Ryan's Moto TV one from Extreme Colors. That was uh, the, Kirk painted that helmet. That up. was the white one. The white one, <sighs> yeah. Uh, there's pictures so of it on, on our Instagram. Uh, like I said, Extreme Colors painted it. Fly Racing gave us the F2 for free. I shipped off the Amsoil that at Benny Moto 36 one. What are you pointing at? What's up? Was Nothing. It, Just oh, look was weird. the mic in the way? All right. Sorry. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, we're so professional here. And I'm really stoked because uh, Brett with Works Wheels and Mods has just shipped me back my clutch cover and my stator cover that i had coated. i thought you that was, thought it was supposed to be a giveaway yeah i paid for mine oh okay yeah, yeah. Sure. We, we did give one away that's where all the giveaway goes well i can't win i think his dark side wins it all no i didn't win shit i paid for it man <laughs> but um so that's good that's, that's that's our giveaways as of right now like i said we'll, we'll draw for the podium stand here in just a little bit once we go to a break i should have done that before we started a professional you guys anything else because i'm trying to look at my notes here um, you guys got anything before we take a break for Cooper Webb? No, nope, let's get him well, on JT, the show. I, we didn't really get. What were your thoughts on A one? Because I don't think we really got into uh, that. Man, it was a good race. You know, I thought because you slept through it, really, right? The original, like live, you slept yeah, through it. About, I made it through about two a heat race. Yeah, because you sleep. Like I said, you you were you're you do hot shotting basically. You're a truck driver on the way to do a load. Wes can probably understand this. You broke down. Yep. Well, first of all, you broke down your truck. That was like a week. Borrowed a truck. Yes. Went up to the East Coast, broke down, yep. had to pay somebody to come finish the load. And how long did it take this? It's a, <laughs> it's a 12-hour drive or 14? 15-hour uh, drive. 15-hour drive. Hours. And how long did it take that guy to four get days. The, Four days. Four days. So you were stranded. Yeah, in a hotel. Um, the guy finally time. got there. You missed your flight. It was a he, great truck that he showed up in, right? No. <laughs> 
story. So <laughs> anyway, that all that led to you having to give away your ticket to the Pulp Show, missing your flight. Yeah. But you're going to Glendale with me. Yeah. TJ's going to be there. We'll be there for most oppressed or. Uh, what do they call it? Amateur, what's the amateur day called? Uh, the uh, Supercross Futures. Supercross, Supercross Futures. So we'll be there for a lot of that. Uh, we're going to get to watch Doc Ride. Doc Smith's going to race. Your son, obviously. Uh, Ryder D. Francisco. Carson Mumford. Um, I think Jordan Jarvis is going to be there. Numerous people. It's going to be rad. So um, the B class is going to be loaded. I yeah. bet. Is it? I bet it is. It's going to be well, we, interesting. Yeah, we still got time. We've got about fifteen till Cooper's supposed to be on. Um, you guys want to hear some of the stuff? Yeah, from go my ahead. Experience is that okay? So I flew in and went straight to Will Call once I got to the stadium on Friday morning. Get there. As soon as I get there, Ricky Johnson gets in line behind me. So as soon as it starts off, it's a rad rad weekend already. Talked to Ricky about coming on the show. Talked to him about doing the Whiskey Throttle show that Ping does and GL. That was cool. Got my, got my uh, credentials, which I did get upgraded for those of you that knew there was a little bit of situation. Got my, I got full access, went in the pits, um, instantly ran into Ping, first time I met him, talked to him for a little bit. What a mustache. Yeah, and it's epic. It's epic. It's epic. I, I have mustache envy. Have you seen <laughs> yeah, Ping's I mustache? Oh, yeah, I can't get anything to like, grow in His here, is right? just like, you know? oh, it's just beautiful. Yeah. TJ literally five minutes ago just shaved his off because yes, I lost a he bet lost a bet to his wife. wife. She wanted it gone. She hated my mustache, and I was so excited to show it just <laughs> in all of its glory, but it's gone. Yeah. So Friday was just walking around. I talked to Ping. He kind of busted my balls because I had talked to him about going to the live Whiskey Throttle show Friday night. But then I knew, found out Mathis was doing his show, and obviously I, ch- I chose Pulp, man. So he kind of busted my balls on that. Uh, went over, talked to Seven Deuce Trace, Tyler Entignap, had his T-shirt on. He put me in his vlog. That's pretty rad. So that you know, I really appreciate that. Hung out with his... Uh, couple of his buddies, um, Lund MX does his YouTube stuff mm-hmm. and has his own YouTube channel. So if you're looking for some other moto, Lund MX, L-U-N-D-M-X on YouTube. Then we went to the press conference, which was kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Very, uh, not a lot of questions. I didn't even ask any questions because those guys don't answer anything. I wish I'd have known you were in there. I didn't think you were going to be there. I yeah. would have texted you because I would have liked to seen what um, – how Brayton thought about like he's the oldest who have ever won a Supercross, knowing that that's what Chad's goal is to well, do. Well, he he kind of brought that up himself a little bit, just made a joke about it. Yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about like is like is it on his mind? Chad trying to do right, it now right. and that kind of stuff. I think yeah. it would have been interesting. Yeah, I just chose not to ask any questions because I knew I was going to get time with him later, and they don't really answer anything honestly. <laughs> which you know you've heard the other guys talk about that, and and Weeds and I talked about it this weekend a bunch. Because we just only asked a few questions, and and there there weren't very many questions asked at the press conference, and asked afterwards, Sean, who we've had on the show, Sean Brennan with Feld, pulled me to the side and said, "Hey, I, I'm sure you noticed I upgraded your credentials," and he explained to me why I wasn't really going to get credentials to begin with. Look, yeah. the, their idea is that Supercross should be an elite sport, a professional elite sport like football, NASCAR, and Joe Smith with a microphone that lives down the street doesn't shouldn't have access. He felt like, hey, we're not the Moto X Pod show is not a national media source like a Racer X. And, you know, we talked, I said, hey, you know, we do have listeners all over the country. We do have listeners in New Zealand, um, like like um Tony Cutler. Right. All over. Um But I, I but I got what he was saying and we talked and he understood and he appreciated that I didn't argue with the, well what when I first got denied or whatever and 
he said that you're going to be taken care of. So I think we're good. Cool. Um, but he said, you know, that's why we do these press conferences is we want you to ask questions here and nobody really asked any questions. We don't want you asking questions on Saturday on race day. It interferes with the riders prep. And I get that. But honestly, most of the time the teams ask us when like, Hey, come talk to my guys, Courtney, Denny, right. <clears throat> excuse me. Not Courtney. Um, Christina, Denny at cycle trader always says, Hey, do you want one of my guys? You want to talk to them? You know, all those guys. So that's how I got my, my interviews throughout the weekend, but we were taken care of. Um, trying to look at time. We still got a little bit. So that after the press conference, they got riders go out and ride. And I'm standing there and Ralph Shaheen's behind me and a Ray came up and grabbed me around the neck and, uh, which all that stuff's on YouTube. If you guys check out our YouTube channel, it's posted, but, uh, Ralph Shaheen's there. We got to finally meet Taylor Hyman, hang out with her a little bit. Um, most of it you can see on YouTube, but it was really rad. Just visit with Kiefer and all those guys. Did you guys watch press conference? Anybody? I did. Watch the riding. No. Nobody had a chance. I didn't watch it. So, I mean, it was cool. Um, typically at the, the uh, press day, we're on the floor as media. We get to talk to the guys before they go out for the first session. They come in. We talk to them again. Didn't really get to do any of that this weekend. Um, but still, it's pretty cool to be a part of it. Um, and then the Pulp Show was that night, which – Johnson, do we have time? You want to talk about it now, or you want to? Let's take yeah. a break. Okay, let's take a break. We'll get Cooper Webb on, and then we can talk about this some more. And we will. The video is not going to pause or anything. So the guys that are watching it live, oh, they're going to see everything. They're going to see everything. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. all right. Well, we're going to take a break for the podcast, and we'll be back with Cooper Webb. Cooper Webb. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. Seven dude Trey, I wear fly, wear fly too. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new Women's Light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. Hey Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. Dark Side here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828-1472 or email Char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com, and that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L, and tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. Madjack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil Synthetic Oils. Amsoil has been around for 45 years and was the first company to bring synthetics to the general public in 1972. Since then, Amsoil has led the way in application-specific oils and fluids designed solely for your cars, trucks, motorcycles, boats, and more. We understand what your needs are when it comes to protecting your investments, whether it be your motorcycles, 
or the vehicle you use to transport your motorcycles. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is nationwide with customers and warehouses all across the USA and Canada. By joining the Preferred Customer Program, anybody can buy Anzoil products factory direct at wholesale pricing. Want to stock it at your shop or use it on your fleet of vehicles for your business? Would you like to become an Anzoil dealer and have a tax write-off for your trips to the track or trail and start selling Anzoil to your friends and fellow racers? With Anzoil, you get free shipping on orders over $100, even when you are a wholesale customer. Contact Dane Evans to find out how it all works. We at Mad Jack Synthetics are riders and racers just like the guys at the Moto X Pod Show. We know what you need to keep you in the game week in and week out. Amazon Incorporated is a sponsor of many of your favorite series. Snowcross, ATV MX, Daytona Bike Week, the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, GNCC, King of the Hammers, Hot August Nights Car Show, and Motorcycle Mechanics Institute. Contact Dane and tell him the Moto X Pod Show sent you. Let him help you save money on your maintenance using Amsoil. Contact Dane at 805-531-9551 or toll free at 855-623-5225 or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. Like us and contact us on Facebook at Dane Amsoil Guy, on Twitter at Dane underscore Evans 393, and on Instagram at Dane underscore Amsoil Guy. What's up, Moto X Pod listeners? This is Darkside, and as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why Allsport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. Allsport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try Allsport Dynamic Wrist Braces. Go to motocrosswristbrace.com or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickleware in their pro careers. Check them out. All sports, dynamic braces. All right, we are back with our first guest of the night, and he is brought to you by Shock Socks. Shock Socks is the original and number one 10-second removal fork seal protector. No one likes replacing leaky fork seals, so ask your local dealer to go to burnmotorsports.com. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook as well. First guest of the night uh-huh. is Mr. Cooper Webb, Red Bull Factory KTM's number two. What's up, Cooper? Hey, how's it going, guys? Going good, man. I uh, TJ, my producer who's in studio, one of the first person people he said he wanted on the show tonight was you because of the ride you had. Um, go ahead, TJ. Yeah, I don't. I was my main thing was I wanted to find out exactly where you were cutting the track and how you were getting away <laughs> with it because those lap times were ridiculous, man. Like how you were doing that through a pack it just doesn't doesn't make sense i'm so bummed you got a bad start because with those kind of lap times you would have easily had a win oh yeah yeah no it was a good race i mean i had the start but just couldn't uh finish the turn i hit some mud and i went from the whole shot to you know last pretty quick so uh no, it was good. I mean, it was uh, a tough race for sure, tough conditions. But I, I knew once I crashed, I really had to put my head down and 
make passes and try to get back up to the front. And, uh, you know, the, the bike was working awesome. Obviously my fitness was there and just kept clicking them off laps and guys and, uh, you know, was able to still continue to do the jumps and, um, you know, really, I actually, when I finished, I didn't know what place I got. I just kept charging, you know, and picking guys off. And in those conditions, you don't know who's lappers or who's, you know, in the top 10 or, or what. So you're just kind of uh, hoping that every guy you get to position. So, oh. No, it was cool. Once they told me I got fifth, I, I was really happy. I was thinking about that as uh, Wilson, Dean Wilson was passing and lapping guys. That were that normally aren't getting lapped by Dean Wilson, they were probably thinking, "Did he just pass me, or is he lapped?" You know, <laughs> yeah. there's quite a bit of confusion. Yeah, yeah. So when you went down, and of course you get back up, and make this charge. Are you riding angry, or are you just laser focused on? You know, do you even see the guys you're passing? How how does that? How is everything going through your mind at the at the moment that that's that those laps are clicking off? Uh, definitely a lot of focus. You know, I think. Um you tend to want to panic and that's in the mud you you can't you know it's it's one of those things where it was a little tough because i was like okay dang i got the you know you're going to the corner i felt like i had the whole shot you're getting ready for you know come around the corner and you know that first turn was slick and <laughs> you know i i kind of came in too fast you know and so once i i kind of went down it was like okay you know, you're down. You don't want to get up and fall eight more times trying too hard. So, right. yeah, it's a combination of staying calm, but you got to be fast. And obviously that track was a little hard to pass on, and especially the conditions. When it's muddy like that, it kind of funnels into that one drier line. Right. So it was important to make passes and stay up. And, I mean, the mud, it's, it's a lot going on. So, uh yeah, like I said, I was really happy with, obviously, my lap times were good, my um, average lap, everything like that, and, you know, made a lot of passes for sure, and, uh, yeah, it was really a, for me, it was, it was a, looking back, I think it was a ride that, you know, my goal at A1 was top five, and I got fifth, so yeah. to yeah. reach my goal and fall in the first turn was well, it depends on cool. depends on what happens by the end of the season. Who knows? This could be one of those rides where you look back and say that that could have won you a championship. I mean, we exactly it, it, with the speed you have and the way you were riding. If that's indicative of what we're going to see the rest of the year, I think everybody should be shaking in their boots just a little bit. <laughs> I surely hope so. You know, it's always interesting with my races, but it was cool. You know, to still, you know, it is mud, but at the same time, we're all you know, the best in the sport and everybody, you know, has ridden mud. So it was still cool to, to go out there and, you know, show my speed. And to me, the fitness part was showing myself, you know, I, I felt like I was in really good shape, but especially going out there and racing in those conditions where your bike's really heavy, you know, it's hard on your body. And for me to go out there and have a strong main event and really pick guys off at the end, for me, it was a pretty big confidence booster to show myself, hey, you know, you, you've you been working hard and it showed. So, uh, yeah, like you said, I think it's one of those that hopefully we look back at the end and say, man, that was a real, you know, saver or whatever you want to call it because everybody's going to have a bad race, you know, sure. so it is important to to minim- minimize the, the problems. Absolutely. 
Say, um, it looked like you were jumping those big doubles across the start every lap. You know, made up a lot of time on a lot of people because people got to where they weren't jumping them. And yeah, looks like it was probably what five or six seconds slower to just roll through there. Yeah, it was definitely quicker for sure, but it was uh, a little risky. Yeah, <laughs> right. That, uh, that first double looked was, like it was huge. Yeah, I mean, even in the dry, those were were pretty big. So. Yeah, once it it got uh, towards the end, it was definitely getting hard. But yeah, that was my thing. Like I said, going back to the focus was just to really focus and you know do the consecutive laps and hit your marks. And you know there is times where if it gets too muddy, you know you can't jump things. But I just kept telling myself I knew that was a spot that was a time saver. So you know unless something really happened. Um, and then the unfortunate thing was when I was in traffic, I really couldn't hit those doubles when it was dry because of the people in front of me weren't doing it for for whatever reason. So it also, like you said, you'd lose a lot of time by not doing it. And then for me to continue to still do it definitely helped, you know, that, later in the race. So that double-double section that JT brought up, just, you know, look, I, I asked this in the press conference at, uh, at the end of the night, just – a one seem this A one seemed much more technical than a typical A one. Usually going in the track, they say you know quote unquote easy. The riders usually say it's kind of easy. This was a pretty technical track. They tried something different. Those double doubles. What did you think about that section? Because if you, I mean, coming out out of the under the under um, in the the left there, if mm. somebody blocked past you and you had to roll it, it was kind of a blind jump for the guy behind you mm, for to, sure. to not know if they were going to land on somebody. What did you think of that section though? Yeah. I thought it was cool. I mean, I, I enjoy when they do try something new, whether it be good or bad. I think just the fact of, you know, experiment experimenting is, is cool. So that was the only unfortunate thing when you do build a section like that. Um, you know, you have the guys that are trying to make a pass there, and you're not going to make the pass, and then you're going to lose two seconds. So... That was kind of unfortunate, like, especially in the heat racing, you know, like, if you got a good start, the top three did those doubles. The rest of us didn't. Well, all right. of a sudden, the top three is gone, you know. <laughs> right. So that that's the only unfortunate part. You sure. know, like, I, I love technical tracks, and I love the changes, but it does need to, you know, it's like missing a triple, you know, how much time you lose. or And really, it was almost worse because, you'd roll basically two triples, you know, supercross triples. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I thought it was cool. I mean, the track, like you said, overall was technical, which I really liked. You know, it had some good size whoops. Um, you know, a few of the sections were a little easier or whatever, but, you know, I think it overall, I think had it not rained, it would have been a, there were some passing opportunities, um, but it does. Well, clearly. Get tough. When everybody has to, <laughs> yeah, you passed almost everybody on the track, so clearly, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So yeah, I was I was actually impressed with the track for sure. Like right. you said, it's usually a lot easier. Yeah, uh, but it you know every year is different. I've been there where it has been the most technical track of the year, and then I've been there where it's you know like an amateur track. So yeah, you never know with that that race. That's for sure. Right on. Hey man, this is Wes. Um, Man, I was just curious, you know, you were talking about you felt your fitness felt good early, you know, earlier in the interview. And I was just curious if, um, you know, getting in with KTM and getting into Alden's camp, um, 
you know, all of you guys know how to do the work and train and like, you don't get to that level without, you know, knowing a lot about that has working with Alden kind of opened up a different door training wise. Like, did he bring something different? Oh, to the for day? sure. Yeah. I mean, my, my fitness is, is so much elevated, more elevated this year. It's pretty, pretty cool. Uh, I mean, granted it's a lot of hard work and a lot of long days, but noticing the difference on the bike when I'm riding and, you know, I've always felt like I've, well, I should say I thought I used to be really fit and still coming here and experience and just feeling the, the change in my body and how I'm able to really attack a 20 plus one main event is, it's pretty spectacular. And, uh, you know, it, for me, you know, it, it was, uh, like I said, I, I know we all train hard at this level and, you know, we all want it and this and that, but like I said, for me, seeing the difference and feeling the difference and then going to the race and feeling and seeing the same thing was pretty rewarding and knowing, you know, just knowing his past with, with all the champions that he, right. you know, made and all that. So it's, it is cool. And, uh, well, that, like you said, it was, it's a big, uh, puzzle or piece of the puzzle this yeah. year for sure. Right. Well, I've I've always just been curious, man, because I've followed the sport for years, and you know his program doesn't doesn't necessarily work for everyone, but it seems like the people that it does really speak to, they they really see some benefit from it. So I think that's yeah. really cool. No, for sure, and, and everybody's different, but at the end of the day, it's you know it's you got to work hard in the sport, and I think yeah. that's well, what hard, Alden brings to the table. And it's you hard know, to argue some with guys. That. 10 what 12 championships yeah you know it's kind of <laughs> he's, he's, oh, he's got it figured out yeah yeah i think it's more than that yeah it's in the, you know so yeah. well it is cool and and knowing like you said just the the past on on what he's accomplished with many right, well, different guys uh one of our listeners got a question uh, Garrett Rockley wanted to know, I guess, with the with the changes that you did this year and how big of a change. What was your expectations coming in? I know you said you were you were looking for a top five, but what as you came into this year, by the end of the year, what what's your overall goal and expectation? Championship. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I think obviously this year was a big uh, transition, and you know, in the past, I. I mean, I'd still not want to race. So I think for me, it's just take it one step at a time. But I also, you know, coming in maybe November, I would have had a much different goal than I do now, you know, and even this last, before Anaheim, I felt like I was finally to the point of feeling comfortable again. And I felt like uh, my old self and, you know, obviously we, we work hard. And for me this year, I don't think a championship is, you know, like, hey, that's the goal. I need to go win a championship. Sure, I want to do that, and I and I actually believe deep down I, I have the capability of doing that. But for me, you know, I think to be a contender is a goal and to be a podium guy consistently and to win races. And wherever that brings me is where it brings me. But overall, I just want to be a, like I said, top five was my goal at Anaheim. I think if I can be top five every weekend, then – that's going to put me in a good situation, you know, whether it be top three in points or championship or whatever it is. And just, uh, you know, really there's, there is no expectation. There is no, it's good. 
set place I need to be. It's more of just seeing where I'm at and, you know, I, I but, but for me, mentally, I know what I can do and I feel, I'm not intimidated anymore. I, I really feel like, you know, on a good day of mine that I could go race with, with all these guys again and, right on. you know, yeah. put a good, awesome. put a good effort in. Yeah, well, that's awesome. I was kind of curious how the uh, – look, there's rumors that your teammate, uh, Marvin Muskin, you know, well, we know he had some a knee uh, scope, you know, but we we don't know what where he was 100%, 80% or whatever. But how was the truck afterwards when you kind of smoked him? <laughs> I'm not really sure. Um, the team was really happy with me. You know, he has a RV and stuff, so he, he stays in there more so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I actually didn't really talk to him, and okay. but yeah, the team was definitely stoked with my ride, so that was always that was nice. Cool. So hey, I, I got something I kind of want to ask you about. Um, at the press conference on Friday, um, the media kind of you know like, well, look, Feld really wants to step up the professionalism of the sport. Uh, they want the media to ask a lot of uh, questions of the riders at that press conference when they're in front of the cameras and the riders in front of the cameras. Typically, riders are pretty secretive about uh, whether it be injuries or programs, and you ask them questions, and you kind of get a generic answer a lot of times. You are really honest, usually. Um, you, you don't seem to be too worried about keeping secrets. Is that something you do consciously, or it's just it's just who you are, and you, you, you know, you're just honest? You don't mind telling stuff? No, I, I mean, yeah, that's just, I feel like how I've been and how I was raised is, you know, everybody's different, but there's no point of hiding stuff. You right. know, it's, I think for me, I never want to make an excuse and I never want to have an excuse and I never, you know, I just want to tell the truth because that's what my parents always tell me to do. So, uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I don't really ever have anything to hide and, you know, everybody's different, but that's just kind of how I feel. We have another user, uh, not user, excuse me, we have another uh, listener question with uh, Kyle McNabb wanted to know who do you spend your most of the time you're training with? Like, who's your favorite training partner, like, out there when you're, I guess, in Florida? Who are you spending most of your time riding with? Well, it's cool because we're all, you know, me, Jason, Marv, and Osborne are all part of the program. So we we spend a lot of time together. Um, The way it worked out this year and stuff, I'd say me and Zach probably spent the most time together. Um, and so that was cool. And, and I enjoy, honestly, I, I actually get along with everybody really well. Um, and, and like all the guys, we, we work hard and enjoy, you know, what we do. So it's cool to ride with everybody. Um, but I'd say I'd probably spent the most time training with Zach this year. Oh, cool. Yeah. We were, a lot of people had a lot of high hopes for him. So, Still do this. So spit, spit a little bit of like like inside knowledge. How how was he on the bike? I know obviously he, like you were probably schooling him every day, but other than nah. that, <laughs> nah, he was. Yeah, it's definitely a bummer he got hurt, but he's uh, he's right there, man. He's uh, yeah. you know, yeah, he's he, pretty cool to see. He was supposed to come on the show the the day of well the day he got hurt yeah he was scheduled to be on our show and he texted me and said hey can't come on um had a big crash and i asked him injured or just banged up and yeah. he told me what happened i think that was like the week before christmas or the week before that even yeah i had to keep that secret apparently <laughs> even you know he's pretty tight with mathis and i don't think mathis even knew 
<laughs> so, but I kept, yeah, a I kept, lot of people didn't. Yeah, I kept it on the DL because you know we're professional here. You, <laughs> you you can't do that when when you get hurt when things happen. Just let us know. Yeah, you, tell you, us. You've always been so open and upfront with things. You just got you got to do that. Yeah. So hey, I got a sure. uh, I got another question that sent uh, Gus Keeter sent me. Um, he wants to know was the the race win or the coming from the back to the front the other night. Was that more fitness you felt feel like, or just comfort on the bike and through the testing you've done? I'd say both, you know, because you've got to have both. Um, but definitely more more fitness than anything, you know. I felt like, especially towards the end. I mean, because there maybe the first half I was still pretty far back, you know, and whatever, not even in the top ten. And then, you know, I felt like I really. I mean, I did my fastest lap on lap 12. Right, you know? yeah. So for me, that was when I felt like I actually had a clear track. And then, you know, the last, whatever it was, 10 laps or so, I felt like I was probably consistently the fastest guy out there. So, you know, obviously it's important to be comfortable, but you got to be fit to be able to still push that late in the race. Yeah, definitely. It, well, like we talked about it earlier with Alden's program, you're going to be fit. Um, so, Hey, our next guest of the night is doc G. Um, just want he just texted me to tell me (laughs) to tell, have me tell you that Cooper Webb is boring. Yeah. Well, tell him his real name is Ray Gubernick. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I I have his real name wrote down. Ray Gubernick. uh, I'll, I'll I'll introduce him as that Ray Gubernick. As Ray Gubernick. Yeah. He, He loves it. So Pat K wants to know is when you came through the pack, as you were talking about earlier, did you have any particular riders or instances or issues coming through the pack at all? Uh, no, not really. I mean, uh, a couple guys who played cat and mouse a little bit, but you know, <laughs> I just put my head down and tried to get around them. And no oh crap moments. Me and, me and Reed, you know, I, it, it took me a while to get around him, but he was riding good too. So yeah. Hey, so um, I guess the last thing I want to ask you, and you you do not have to answer this, but since we talked about you being honest, give me a rider that you compete against every week that you just don't like racing. Oh. <laughs> and if you want to pass, just say pass. Um, <laughs> trying to think, actually. Well, Honestly, look, it's, you've it's had some run-in. Last year, you and Eli kind of got together, but that's not typical. Yeah, I mean, I don't. There's really no one out there that, I mean, depends. Borsha sometimes, you know, can definitely run it in and mm-hmm. stuff. But I, I don't mind aggressive racing. There's not really one guy that, you know, triggers me or anything like that. Yeah. It's more, you know, you'll have random guys at random times maybe do some dirty or dumb things sometimes. And at that moment, you're mad and don't like that guy at that race or whatever. But sure. I feel like I've you know, matured a lot and, you know, and especially in the 450 class, you're with the same people every weekend for 17 rounds. So you kind of got to pick and choose your battles to where in the lights class, you know, you only see those guys for eight races, right? new guys every year. Right. So, well, uh, you, yeah, you, I wouldn't say there's anybody that I don't, I don't like. Yeah. Like racing or whatever. Well, you mentioned Barsha, and then I mean, honestly, Cooper, you've had you know you've had a reputation of being pretty aggressive too. Um, yeah. So there's probably if I ask that of some other guys, they may say Cooper Webb, you know, because yeah, you're aggressive. Exactly. But you know, there's there's definitely a line of being aggressive and being dirty, and everybody has their moments where they're dirty and 
has their moments where they're aggressive. I like it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes for good racing. You know, you don't want to see anybody get hurt, clearly, but, hell, I mean, it's you, you, there's a lot of money on the line. A lot of a championships, a big deal, so. Oh, for sure. Well, hey, Cooper, thank you for uh, giving us some time tonight. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Um, look forward to seeing you this weekend, and hopefully we um, we can get maybe a little uh, – little interview with you at the track if uh the k sure. guys let it let us get in there so we'll come find sure. you and we'll see what we can do are you doing press day or do you know yet nah no press. no press day okay well we'll see you saturday man thank you so much all right yeah thank you guys have a good see night man. all right see you cooper cooper webb guys yep so how'd the youtube thing go it went really good still going People still, still going. listening and we're still recording oh, you're, but we're not you're just what are you doing? You're editing now? No, I'm waiting to cut this out when we go to a commercial break. Oh, yeah, break. okay. So <laughs> it's, it's different having the YouTube thing going, too. So I'm trying to yeah. Yeah, get used to that. Okay, so uh, for the listeners that are listening to this later, downloading it, we are going to our first commercial break. Yep. And We are back from our commercial break. Uh, just talked to Cooper Webb. Up next is Doc G, uh, chiropractor to the Moto Stars. But before we get to him, we're going to do this giveaway. Um, so, guys, if you've been listening the last couple of weeks, you know that Fly Racing is letting us give a podium stand away. The idea was to have everybody email us through the MotoXPodShow.com contact form. Pick who you thought was going to win 250s and 450 class. And then of those that got it right we would draw a winner, but we didn't get anybody that got it right because it was really a crazy night. So we're just going to put all the entries in a hat, and we're going to draw a winner right now. I don't trust TJ. Wes, draw a name out of that hat. Don't all look. Right. Here, put this one. It's got my name in it. <laughs> here we go. Go ahead. Read it. Let's see here. And the uh, winner is... Garrett Rockley. Damn it. He wins stuff all the time from us. <laughs> Oh wait! Hey, no, I'm kidding. You you got to you got to enter to win. Um, you know it's kind of weird. I've talk, I've said on here before that we don't get a ton of entries sometimes for these contests compared to all the listeners that we have downloading the show. And I talked to a guy Friday night at the Pulp Show that was sitting next to me that listens, and I was curious. I said, "So do you enter the contest?" And he said, "No, I just don't feel like I'd ever win." Well, obviously, if you don't, you know, he he figures there's lots of people entering. And he wouldn't have a good chance, but really, you always have a chance, clearly, but we don't have the number of entries that I would think we would have. So get your entries in. Um, I think from now on, we'll do at least two weeks span for every yeah for every contest because people don't always listen right away. I I'm think sure, it's cool. Yeah, I'm sure that, I mean, th- there's other shows that get to listen to. Because we do that ours. for our big prizes a lot of times where we yeah, have yeah. like two or three months before we give something so big away. We'll so. go a couple weeks. Um but you got you got to enter. I mean, shoot, we we give a lot, a lot of cool stuff away. We're gonna do the suspension uh, revalve from Power Band here pretty soon. Probably next week we'll do that. But anyway, Garrett Rockley, congratulations. And he was on the on the show or on the um, YouTube? YouTube channel deal earlier. On, since you're not looking, I, we would. I don't know because I got other things to do besides just goof off on YouTube, sir. Do we have anybody? Yes, we have four people. But all right, we're gonna four take back a break. On YouTube. And gonna call Doc G. I got to no, pause. We're gonna call Doc G. I gotta pause it on here. Why? Just leave the ringer in. All right. Well, let's do it. Yeah. Well, actually, we got five minutes. It's very unprofessional. You threw me off right. again. 
<laughs> you were terrible at this. <laughs> I'm just not used to doing the YouTube, man. It's going to take a while. Shut up, dickhead. So anyway, all right, so let's get back into my A1 experience then, right? So Friday night, after all the cool stuff on uh, on press day, we go to the Pulp Show. Me and Craig Martin, uh, Scott Foster, who's one of our local reps, we drive over there. Sorry. Um, first thing that happens, okay, we get I go to the ticket booth and or the ticket table, and Pookie's the one taking tickets. She gets up, gives me a hug. So I got to meet Pookie for the first time. So sweet, so rad. Um, and we just went inside and waited for the show to start. And Heather came in, said hi to her. And it was a great show. I don't know if you got who listened or did any of you in the studio listen to the live show? Did the live show? I meant to call in to the regular show. I just got busy. But that live show, not, not to interrupt you, but no, no. that was legit. Like that's yeah. like hearing the not not just when everybody kept saying, Oh yeah, when Ryan came on, it was great, but the beginning when all the guys were going on, the crowd was laughing. Yeah. You you that's just how it should be done all the time. And just for the record, I know there's some listeners of our show. That say I talk about pulp too much, and they're right. I totally agree. But this was a part of the, what happened this weekend that I thought was pretty cool. Getting to meet everybody and and do the meet and greet and visit with. I mean, I, I met of course RV was there. I got to talk to him for a while, but mainly I talked to Kiefer and Aiden. You know, Kiefer the, was he? Yeah, Aiden's such a cool kid and very nice kid. And just man, I had a blast. It was met a lot of the listeners, a lot of the pulp show listeners. Just the I think everybody had a really good time. It was something that they're planning on doing again in Denver and possibly Dallas. So if you guys get a chance to go to one of these, you, you need to go. It, it's a lot of fun. I'm going to be at work at both of those. You making a Supercross? I think we're going to try to get to Dallas this yeah, year. Yeah, you need to, man. I mean, you guys are not that far away. Yeah, and our, our gig schedule doesn't pick up until after South yeah. by anyway. So yeah, definitely it'll be easier this year to get it in. Or even Houston. How, I mean, Houston's about the same distance yeah. from you? Yeah, I might try to do both, actually. Yeah, you should. It's been a while. Uh, so yeah, that was pretty much my Friday. I, I was up for 23 hours. That kicked my butt. Cause I know you, I called you whatever day, I guess it was Monday morning, yesterday morning. Yeah. And you oh, were just, was, yeah, you was, were just dead. I was at work, but like, yeah. bro, you can't do that to yourself. Well, I, I always choose to fly, choose to fly out real early going and coming back home because it's cheaper. And they're like, Oh, I got more time there. But Basically, the way it worked out, I left Dallas at 1 a.m. Pacific time, Friday morning. Got there, did all the stuff that we just talked about throughout the show. And then I got back to the hotel around midnight from the Pulp Show Friday night. So that's 23 hours. Went to bed, woke up at like 7 to go to the race day, and then was up till midnight, 1 o'clock Saturday night. Got back up at 3 a.m. to Uber to LAX, which was the dumbest thing I've ever done. And it was just a long, long weekend. So, yeah, that's not... We're going to have to re- reschedule the way I do things. Yeah. Yeah, Fly, you got to get some sleep, bro. Flying out. At least coming home. Coming home, I need to leave later in the day, which this weekend I'm leaving at like... I think I'm leaving Glendale at 3.30. Cool, cool. Because I want to see some of the amateur stuff. Uh, Wes, you probably know all about no sleep being a rock star. <laughs> I try to get a lot more <laughs> of it these days. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah, you can sleep during the morning. It's just the nighttime is yeah. when when the real the gig kicks in. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and call Doc G. Uh, typically, we don't record this part of it because hearing the phone rings kind of annoying. But we're gonna, since we're doing YouTube, we'll go ahead and just do it. 
Um, and, we'll, and once he answers, we'll see how this goes. This isn't really how we normally do things, and so we probably won't do it again this way. Yeah, this is terrible. Yeah, I, was, I should have just had you stop recording, but we're doing I, it. I could edit this out. Okay. That, that's a good idea. Do my that's job. That's why you're a decent producer. You're not decent. a great producer, no. but you're decent. No, producer Joe's the best. I was listening to their new commercials. Hello. Doc G. Hey, how are you? Doing good, man. So um, we are streaming live on YouTube right now, and I've got my producer, TJ, in studio. What's up, man? Okay. And then we've got hey, a, how are you? Doing good. We've got a couple other buddies, co-hosts of mine, JT and Wes. How's it going? Hello. So... Hey, so we uh, we just got off the phone with Cooper a little while ago, and he, you know I told him what you said, and he he lashed out with uh, calling you Doctor. He he lashed out calling you Doctor Ray Guberneck. That's how we're going to introduce you tonight is Doctor Ray Guberneck. <laughs> well, hey, he might be Joshua, but that's my real name. That's why I go by Doctor G. <laughs> right, right. So hey, typically we do not record live. Uh, because we're streaming, we're still recording. But what I'm going to do is actually do a proper introduction here in just a second. And okay. when we actually post this on iTunes, it won't have all all this part. So if you'll just hang tight, I'm going to introduce you. No problem at all. All right. So you ready? Yeah, go ahead. All right. We're back with our next guest. He is brought to you by Allsport Dynamics. When riding and racing dirt bikes, protection is key. Allsport Dynamics are hands down the best wrist braces available, trusted by many top pros such as Weston Pike, Joey Savacci, Adam Cirillo, as well as NFL and Major League Baseball players and top bull riders. Visit motocrossristbrace.com and follow them at wristbraceguy on Instagram or email me, darksidemx3 at AOL for pricing. On the phone is chiropractor to the Moto Stars, Doc G. What's up? Hey guys. Hey listeners. How you doing tonight? Well, we appreciate you coming on. You have had an incredibly busy December where we kind of had to reschedule a few times. So, first of all, congratulations on your son. Uh, he's going to be, I guess, getting married. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, it's, uh, been all over the world. Was in Russia. Yeah. You know, you got to take care. You got to take care of family stuff too. It's not all about motos. Oh, absolutely. And you, your travel schedule. Uh, I mean, your work schedule, I guess, like, you have, you have a actual business during the week. I believe it's Natural Health uh, Sports Therapy, correct? That is correct. And then on the weekends, you travel and go and take care of all the racers. Um, so how does that work with family? How's your wife like you being gone so much? Uh, my wife's over it now. She was <laughs> over me a long time ago. Are you kidding me? Right. Um, basically, uh, basically, I work uh, Monday through Thursday, um, healing up uh, the people that live around here. And then uh, Friday I take off for the races, wherever it might be. And then we take care of our moto buddies uh, um, on Friday and Saturday. Back to back to reality on Sunday. <laughs> and then um, Monday starts back up at work again. And that's how we roll. Well, tell tell our listeners how you got involved in the moto community to begin with. Because I don't, you didn't grow up as a moto guy, correct? No. In fact, uh, I'd be embarrassed if I even threw my leg over a motorcycle. I don't even know. Thank goodness for electric starts. That's about the only way I could start a motorcycle. <laughs> well, give us some of your background. So, um, you know, I grew up uh, a surfer, and, uh, you know, and that was kind of my uh, my passion. But, um, you know, how uh, this industry is very small. And I got introduced to Tim Ferry back in the day, and he was my very first moto guy that I 
helped out with and uh, created a relationship. And, uh, I mean, I could give you a big, long story, but basically I've been working with the motor, uh, motocross guy ever since and uh, from that uh, from that point on. So uh, it's been an incredible run. Uh, I really enjoy what I do. It's, uh, I'm passionate about it, but uh, there's nothing – no greater feeling in the world than helping uh, helping these moto guys. And over the years, you know, I've created some incredible relationships. It goes beyond the doctor-patient relationship. And uh, I got, like, a bunch of sons out there or, yeah. uh, just running around and, uh, you know, a lot of memories. And uh, maybe one day I'll even actually write a book. That'd be cool, yeah. <laughs> so, so during the week, and I know you're a chiropractor by trade, is that what you – I mean, are you basically – the business you run, is it that, or is it more than that? Well, um, I would, um, I mean, if you walked into my office, you wouldn't really see, you know, there's different types of chiropractors out there, you know, and, and everybody, you know, this is the day and age where a lot of people have their own chiropractors, but I'm kind of a more uh, physical therapy-based type of chiropractor where in my office I do a lot of uh, post-surgical rehabilitation. So, like, when people get uh, have surgery on knees, wrists, shoulders, um, I do a lot of therapy on that as well as just basic injuries. So um, that's why a lot of these guys come and see me because I'm just not your, you know, your basic chiropractor that just lays you down on a table, cracks you, and sends you out the door. So that's just not how I like to be worked on. So I don't do that with my patients either. So um, we do a lot of uh, rehab and do a lot of a uh, lot of hands-on work, and uh, that's just kind of how uh, my practice runs. Yeah, and when you're working on these guys in the weekends or even during the week, I'm I'm sure that each rider, just like with their bike setup, they have different things that they need or like. Um, so how do you figure that out? Is it just trial and error with each rider? Or, I mean, do you see certain things in them that you know that would help them? That's exactly how I how I kind of do it. You know, uh, you know, I I work with several riders on the weekend. Well, quite a few actually, and I do consider myself kind of like a, a mechanic, but just for the body. And uh, you know, each manufacturer of a bike needs different things, and each rider needs something different. Um, you know, some of them like to get adjusted, some don't. Some like to get stretched, some don't. Some like tissue work. Some are just. Uh, you know, like to get work more on Friday night as opposed to Saturday. And what you do is as you build that relationship with each rider, you start to know what that individual needs and uh, what's best for them. So I try and listen. It's not, you know, I don't cookie cut this thing. It's, uh, you know, each rider has their different routine, and I respect that. And uh, sometimes I'll throw in uh, some suggestions, and sometimes it works. And sometimes, you know, uh, you have to listen and get some feedback and uh you know, you end up finding out what works for them, and uh, we, we pretty much, by, by mid-year, you know, we kind of have the routine for each rider, and you uh, take care of them, and sometimes they'll throw in a little wrench there, or, or unfortunately, sometimes they'll get injured, or they'll hit the, they'll hit the dirt, and we have to kind of go from square one and go into panic mode, and, and then we're not, we're not just doing our normal routine, we're actually fix, fixing an injury. How many riders do you usually uh, work with um, at each event? Well, I can tell you who I work with this year. Um, you know, it's varied over the years. Um, this year I have uh, Cooper Webb, who is my diva. I love saying that. Just <laughs> it, gets, it gets underneath his skin. Um, I have Marvin Muskan. Um, I have Cole Seeley, uh, Aaron Plessinger, Zach Osborne. 
and then my 250 rider, who's a new rider this year, who's kind of, um, we're doing exactly kind of what we just talked about. We're kind of figuring out our routine is Shane McElrath on the West Coast. And then on the East Coast, my 250 riders are Austin Forkner and uh, Christian Craig. So uh, it's quite a few people. Um, it takes some juggling on the weekends, but uh, that's about, I'm about maxed out, and that's about as many people as I can take care of. But uh, seems to work, and you know, and everybody seems to be okay with it. I was gonna say you got a busy schedule. Yeah, I was. I, I've I've been curious about that. I mean, kind kind of waiting to ask you because. As somebody that I, I get to do media every once in a while, I've only done a few supercrosses here and there, but when I go, I, I always go in with this game plan of, okay, I want to talk to Cole Seeley about this. I want to talk to so-and-so about this. I want to talk to this guy about this. And then you get there and their schedules are so busy that it's very difficult to get a couple minutes with them. And then my schedule just gets blown out of the water. How do you schedule time with each one of these riders during the day when they have so much going on and you have to be able to schedule each one of them individually? So, um, like I was mentioning before, work, I've worked with a majority of these guys for two, three, four years. Um, Shane McElrath is pretty much my only new rider, so I kind of have to figure out what he needs and what kind of our schedule is going to be. But, like, uh, I'll use Marvin for an example. Marvin loves to get worked on Friday night, so I'll fly out to the area for Supercross or for outdoors, and I'll work on Marvin mostly um, on Friday night. And then Saturday, it's mostly just a little bit of tune-up stuff. Mm-hmm. And then right before, right before um, when the event's over, I'll go back to Marvin's Motorhome and we'll do a little kind of like, you know, a deep tissue massage and just kind of a real quick an adjustment. Then I'll head back to Florida so he doesn't need that until the following week. So that's a good example. And what you do is you find out what each guy needs and you kind of jot down some time. Uh, don't get me wrong. It's, uh, it's you got to juggle some things around, but... Uh, you know, I try and give everybody uh, equal time and um, kind of everybody's understanding is that when somebody gets injured, then that kind of person goes to the top of the priority list until we can get them back on their bike. Right. And now with all these talented riders, you've got a couple that have won some championships. I mean, you're basically like you're like the Alden Baker of uh, the, the, the sports therapy department. Do do you get bonuses? You don't have to answer this if you don't want to. Do you get any, you know credit, championship rings, anything like that? They, do they? Yeah, surely they got to give you some credit. I will answer you this. It is. Um, I take pride in who I work with, and I and um, I'm very selective of who I work with. Um, I love more than anything in the world. I know I'm not riding the bike, but nothing pleases me more than seeing one of my guys win a championship. And I was very fortunate last year that uh, both my guys won, you know, the East and the West Coast championship. Yeah. You know, um, you know, we were we were we were really close on the outdoor with Marv, and then you know we had Aaron win the win the national. Uh, so nothing gives. I don't I don't need a check for that. Nothing gives me more pride than seeing my guys work their booties off. And uh, it's a team effort. And, you know, when I'm part of that team, um, that, that's, uh, that's the biggest um, gratification to me is being a part of that program, knowing that you just, in some minor way, that you help them right. uh, possibly win that championship. So uh, that, that, to me, is worth more than any bonus or any ring or any watch or, or any pat on the back that I could get from these guys. Yeah, well, and I'll be honest, following you on social media, I see the look on your face when you're when you're taking pictures of these guys and the, and like the championships that I've the pictures. 
I see that. I, I mean, honestly, I can see it in your re- that it's not fake. It's not just a business for you. Um, I had. I don't know if you remember this, but I actually spoke to you for the first time at Dallas last year. You were working on Austin Forkner, kind of. You're you were uh, busting his balls a little bit about one of the female, a, a girl. I'm not going to mention who it was, but we're. It, I could see that you have this relationship with these guys. Um, and then you know, I saw you uh, at Mix of Nations there to support some of your guys. You know, just. I see that. Like I, I, I can tell that you really do care about these guys as friends and family. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I'm glad it's it's visible on to the outside public. I mean, my guys are my guys and you know, we joke around we call it Team Doctor G, but I really do feel like it's a team, you know, it's uh it's uh, these are like my uh like my little brothers and uh you know like i said before it does go beyond that doctor patient relationship and and you know there's i got their back and they got mine and there's nothing i wouldn't do for these guys and nothing gratifies me more than uh than, than when they do well but it yeah. also man it hurts like you know when zach zach osborne was doing incredible he's looking looking amazing the best you know he was really looking forward and then to get that call where hey gee uh you know, I just crashed, and I think I did something bad. It yanks your heart right out of you sometimes because you know how hard they work. So there's the ups and the downs, sure. but uh, you know that's just part. That's just part of the sport. Um, and another thing, I was just going to mention this because this really stood out to me about how you care about these these riders and their families. When when Paige uh, Craig posted the picture of you working on London Craig, their newborn, that you know that's. That, I mean, it's a newborn baby, and she trusted you to help with his colic or her colic. Um, that 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 says a lot, right there. Oh yeah, you know, and and I'm not going to say that it's all fun and games. Like Dr. G himself, he like I'm the biggest prankster and jokester, <laughs> but like that's what makes that's what makes it fun. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like we're together so much, and uh, I like to have a lot of fun. So uh, you know, if you ask all these guys, it's like. They'll tell they're the first ones to tell them that I'm full of baloney, but like we'd like to have a lot of fun and and you know if it's all if it's all business and business and business that's great and you know the guys are there to win championships but we I, I like to have have fun and make it fun while we're doing it. Well, and and I see that and I think that that, that lightening the mood for these guys is a big deal because everything is so serious and we talk about this all the time. Motocross, dirt bikes, we all get into it because it's fun. And then these guys start making lots of money and there's teams involved and it gets to become a job. And you see guys like Ryan Villapoto in their prime who clearly didn't enjoy doing it anymore. So if, if you can make it a lighthearted moment and ease the tension during the day, I'm sure that that's a big relaxation on top of the physical work you're doing with them that helps them out getting through a night. Absolutely. We, I mean, we have we have a lot of fun, but we know when it's time to get down to business. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's part of why I'm part of this sport. Is it's a big family, and uh, you know it's like uh, you know uh, you know I invited every one of these riders to my uh, to, you know to my son's wedding because yeah. they're because they're family. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's just uh, that's what makes this job fun. Well, we have a couple of listener questions. Of Hal Simpson would like to know uh, what's your opinion on the tickle and water situation um I, I i'm very opinionated about that and i don't want to offend anybody but uh i know brock and uh brock is not a cheater that's all i'm going to say yeah, and, yeah. uh he, it, it's a real bummer the way it's being handled um you know and i feel bad for brock um 
I know how hard this kid works, and uh, it's just not his in, in his character to try and do shortcuts and cheat. So uh, anyone out there listening who thinks Brock cheated, um, I can tell you I know him well enough that he didn't. This sport, you know, I also treat a lot of UFC guys. This sport, um, you know, most of the time they're just too busy to try and cheat. And there are, you know, I'm sure there's someone in the sport that might be doing it, but I, I know Brock Tickle did not. Yeah, I'm, I think a lot of us are with you on that. Yeah. I think the big deal is, I mean, obviously a mistake happens, something happens somewhere, but I think a lot of people are just upset on how the situation is being handled by a... A lack of a, being a, Oh, yeah, a yeah. governing body that has no care for the people that it's governing. It's, I mean, it's ridiculous. It, it's it, Yeah, it's it, the sport should be in an uproar over it. Feld should be in an uproar over it. Uh, it's a shame how it's being handled. Him, Cade Clayson, you know, those guys are getting screwed over. Their careers are being hurt. Um, well, they can't make a living. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually have a question from one of our listeners, Garrett Rockley. He sent it to me the first time when we tried to schedule you. Um, unfortunately, I can't read the damn thing the way it's set up. Uh, what would you suggest for a warm-up for a weekend warrior in his 40s asking for a friend who has uh, oh, t- tight hamstrings? Oh, okay. Well, I mean, the most important thing is that, you know, your body needs to be, um, uh, you know, these guys get onto the gate, and sometimes, and it even happens that, you know, on a high level, um, is their body's cold, and then they go from a, a low heart rate to the gate drops, and then your heart rate, you know, going through the roof. Yeah. So the best thing to do is get your body slowly warmed up. You know, you know the jumping jacks, the spinner bikes that, you know, that get your arms moving. Those are all good types of exercises to get your body warmed up so it's not such a shock when you now your body's going, you know, your heart rate gets up to a high level. So, um, you know, that is important. But also, um, you know, stretching, uh, hamstring squats, all those different muscles of your body are just going to help you perform a little bit better. And number two, they're going to help prevent injuries. And that's the most important part is, is uh, you know, we we all know how this sport is not if you hit the dirt, it's when you hit the dirt. And the more flexible you are, the less prone to injuries that, that you're going to be. So stretching is the number one thing for me. Okay. Um, do you got any guys that battle with arm pump or you don't – or how they can get get away with it, even like, you know, on practice days, not just race days type situations? Yep. They all are in pump on the first Anaheim race, <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> and when it's raining, it, it, uh, uh, let me tell you, I, I, you know, half my guys, I'd say most of my guys don't suffer from arm pump, but it's just that nerves, it's that yeah. first race, it's uh, am I prepared, am I not prepared? Um, you know, oh, now the tr- track's muddy, now it's going to be slippery, and, you know, they start hanging on for dear life. And so my uh, my uh, big uh, thing is I do think arm pump exists. I think uh, a lot of times it's just holding on too tight. I think it's uh, sometimes a lack of oxygen that, you know, you start holding on to your breath, which is the fight or flight thing that happens because you're, you know, you're just hanging on for dear life because your bike is so fast or, you know, it's slippery out there. So, uh, there are things that you can do, you know, warm up a little bit more, get your heart rate going, get that blood circulation. And nowadays, you know, there's so many of these um, creams and things like that that you can actually rub on your arms that are going to help a little bit. I don't think it's going to solve your arm pump, but it will help a little bit. And then also there's some of these, uh, you know, percussion hammer things that are out there. Uh, one of them is called uh, the Hypervolt. Uh, I know some of my, I use that on some of my guys and it's a, uh, a little percussion hammer that will 
actually kind of vibrate and uh you know you stretch your arms and then you have that hammer uh, mm-hmm. go through the arms and it'll it'll help break up some of that tension that builds up in your arms and uh you know that's uh, good for arm pump uh, that's awesome so i've got a couple more questions before we let you go um you've been doing a lot of speaking seminars you, you mentioned that one night you had one how does that usually when somebody comes to you and asks you to do one of these seminars what what specifically is it about or is it different things and um do you like doing that um, I love educating people. Um, that's, uh, I'm passionate about it. And unfortunately, sometimes people, you know, have different opinions, but I love educating anybody on anything. Um, most of the things that I talk about are sports related injuries. Um, and, uh, you know, I love, um, helping anybody, you know, the weekend warrior, the, you know, the top pro or whoever it might be, if there's a way that I can help them. Um, be better at what they do, then, then, uh, then, then I love doing that. And we have a, a one more question from our live listeners here on the YouTube live stream. Edward Gonzalez asks, how do you handle deep tissue massage post-surgery or, uh, yeah, gringo, uh, post-surgery or opposed to no injury? Um, so, Deep tissue massage, I mean, anytime someone's gone through surgery, you need to be careful because, um, you know, um, you're dealing with tissue that's been, um, um, that, that something's been done to it, the surgery, you know. So I don't really do a lot of deep tissue on areas that have had um, surgery on that area. We do it more for, like, relieving, uh, you know, trigger points and muscles and tension that builds up from riding over a period of time. Um, we do uh, rehabilitation on areas uh, that have had surgery, and sometimes it'll uh, involve some type of muscle work, but I wouldn't call it deep tissue massage in that area because, number one, first, they're in too much pain, and number two, you got to be careful about the wound and getting it infected, you, you know. And so uh, deep tissue massage we usually do just as a, uh, um, a way to help release tension and trigger points that build up in certain areas. So you don't worry about, like, I've, I've had doctors before, like when I had knee surgery, talk about wanting to massage the muscles to keep scar tissue from forming or breaking up scar tissue and stuff like that. Oh, once the, once the, the wound is healed and once, you know, the, they're like midway through therapy, then, yeah, we'll start digging in those okay. muscles and, and start to elongate them, but not, not too close after surgery. Awesome. All right, so my last question, um, since, you know, we're primarily a moto podcast, but what is something that you see that motocross supercross riders need differently say from uh surfers or your ufc uh mixed martial arts wes here who's sitting in studio with us he he trains jujitsu but what is something that motocross riders maybe need or you see that's different from others if there is anything um you know what it's a real similar it's a real similar necessity in all those action sports you know and and what happens is the the mistake that i that i kind of see is the moto kid the surfer the skater all these kids they love what they do so much because they've grown up doing it that they don't take um the preparation as serious for some reason you know uh you know myself i i grew up as a surfer and when i got uh, got to the beach and I saw the waves, I'd look out there and I'd go, oh, I don't need to stretch. And you run out in the water and, you you know, you do your thing. Same thing with the moto guys is, you know, you love what you do so much that you think, oh, is stretching really going to make a difference? 
And uh, it might not when you're 12, and it might not even when you're 14, but as you get older, those muscles eventually start to get uh, non-forgiving. Yeah, and for the, sure. more, the more the more flexible you are, the less prone to injury you're going to be. So, uh, like I said earlier, we all you know, we all hit the dirt eventually, and and when you hit the dirt, the more flexible you are, the less prone to fracturing something you could be, and it also will allow you to, it, the, the injury won't be as bad. So, but I would encourage all the listeners out there, you know, whether you're the veteran, the amateur, or the pro, is that if you just took a little bit, um, a, a little bit more serious, you know, um, stretching, doing foam rolling, or getting one of these machines that help loosen up the muscles, I think um, that uh, that would benefit people and they spend less time on the couch watching Supercross than actually running. <laughs> yeah, that's something that I personally have to work on cuz I hate stretching. I'm just I go I do I go to the track. I'll go ahead and I'll check my air pressure on my forks, but I won't stretch. I just get on the bike and go. There like, you go. I, you know, I don't want to do it and and I notice it. I'm 43 years old and I feel it when I bend over, try to stretch, it hurts and I know I need to do it, but I don't want to. But yeah, I, I, I'm going to start, Doc G. There you go. And and you know what? Here's a tip. I hate stretching. Everybody hates stretching. Some of these shortcuts, one of those uh, percussion hammer things are amazing. I, you know, I'd say a uh, majority of my, my guys that I work with have, have one of those um, percussion guns. You know, it's called a Theragun or there's a Hypervolt, whatever one you want to choose. I'm not here to try and sell products. But, but those, are, those will help save you as well as a foam roller. I mean, they're cheap. You can buy them on Amazon for 25 bucks, you know, or go to Big Five. Yeah. And you do the foam rolling on your legs and on the sides of your legs. That's going to save you some time. And it's a little uh, less rigorous and, and it's less boring rolling on one of those things, at least when you're watching TV or you're watching Supercross uh, on its replay. You can sit on the foam roller, use one of these guns, and put it in your quads or in your calves or in your hamstrings. And it's a uh, a lot better than doing the old, you know, calisthenic uh, exercises that you yeah, do yeah. Back, in, back in school. Those are no fun. Well, I'm definitely going to look into that because i, I got to start doing something better. But, Doc G, thank you, man. I, uh, I'm i glad that we finally were able to make this happen. Um, appreciate you always being so friendly when I come up and talk to you and you don't really know who the hell I am. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's no really problem. cool, man. I pre- hey, you know, uh, both Saturdays get busy, so I apologize if sometimes we look a little distracted. But uh, – I'm passionate about the sport. I love, uh, you know, I love uh, helping in any way that I can. So hopefully if uh, somebody benefited tonight, uh, it was worth it all the time in the world. Absolutely. Thank you, man. We'll see you this weekend. We'll, uh, we're we're going to actually, all of us pretty much, except for Wes, will be at Glendale. So look forward to seeing I you. I will be there, and, and there is a roof on this one, so we're safe. Heck yeah. All right. Well, man, you have a safe <laughs> night, a good night, and we appreciate you. Thank you, everybody. Have a great evening. All right, Thank you too. Man. Thanks, awesome, man. man. Have a good one. Pretty cool, Doc G. So, yeah, if you guys go to Supercross and uh, follow him at Team Doctor, it's Team DRG. Um, if you guys don't know who he is, check him out. And then if you see him at a Supercross, he's in the pits. He's very friendly. He'll say hi to you. Um, cool, man. I mean, I learned some stuff. Dude, I, Pretty- uh, I actually got to use one of those Theraguns the other yeah, day yeah. at the school. Yeah. Because um, I've been focusing a lot more on stand-up work. And we've mm-hmm. Uh, I went and trained the other day, and we threw probably 300 kicks in a class, and it just shreds your hips. Yeah, and yeah. After, um, after class, I'm sitting out stretching, and the main coach comes. He's like, dude, try this. And he did a little, you know, I 
use it on my hips and my quads and man it changed my day right i i had a chiropractor last year when i was going use one of those on me and because i i can't stand it's weird getting my neck popped i can't stand it It just drives me crazy and he would do that instead it's it, they're nice. Um, like, is there go, something like y'all texting back and forth? Oh, do you even want to know? Okay, <laughs> you right. don't even want to so, know. Yeah. So Gringo is on. Yes. Awesome. God, I love Gringo. He's the best. Gringo. I wish Gringo had his own podcast. <laughs> He's so great. He would take all of our listeners. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, so we're gonna take a break from the show, not YouTube. Quit saying that. Just pretend like it's and not there. Shut up, man. Don't tell me what to do. Jesus. And we'll be back with Texas privateer Scotty Winterstone. We're back with our next guest of the night, Texas privateer. Man, one of our favorite riders, Scotty Winterstone. I was going to say you're brought to you by Shock Socks, but I've already used Shock Socks tonight. But Shock Socks is one of your sponsors, correct? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, um, so we're just going to say you're brought to where you're brought. There's, there's two Shock, Shock Socks, Socks per also. bike, so they're at yeah, two, they have two <laughs> people tonight. So, Scotty, man, you are uh, you, you had A1. A1 was a, kind of a rough weekend for a lot of guys. Weather wasn't good. Um, track got slick. Tell us about your weekend. Tell us about your program. Well, the weekend wasn't too great. It wasn't terrible. I mean, I never fell off the motorcycle or anything. But, there you go. Um, and I kind of started off the day I first practiced. I really liked the track. I thought the track had multiple options, and it was decently technical for Anaheim 1, which is really their kind of pain. Like I said, they don't want too many people crashing. <laughs> You're right. But uh, I uh, maybe said that having so much rain in Texas, as you guys know, and I've either been riding in, like, really soft dirt or mud and i got the a1 and my suspension was just too stiff okay not, you know, not that it wasn't adjustable I just when i first went out for free practice i learned the track it was a little too stiff in the setting and i struggled and that kind of went on through the day where i didn't i don't know usually i'm one of the first guys to jump stuff and free practice in my groups and stuff mm-hmm. and i wasn't that guy saturday just wasn't, wasn't it, feeling it no, I was struggling in the whoops a little bit and all that. And then went out for the first time qualifying practice, and I made some suspension tweaks and got the bike much better and then started feeling good. Yeah. Started I'll, feeling decent. But it be, was, it's hard to go fast when you, when, you, uh, when you just haven't figured out the track all the way yet. Right. And I'll be honest, I was watching that first that first practice that you were in, and I, and I noticed you were struggling in the whoops. Now, to be be honest, you know, I, I wouldn't even want to ride through those whoops. So, uh, but I, I could tell that you were struggling a little bit, and um, you know, and I guess you made some adjustments. You said you got a little better. Um, How did you feel? You felt a lot better in the second practice. Yeah, like I got the bike much better. Yeah, and like I said, it was not you know nothing wrong with the bike. It's sure. just I had it set too stiff. You know, I and the setting I went into free practice today one with was too soft for what I've been riding in my track. So I just I just haven't rode that kind of dirt. Like I mean, you know where I live in East Texas. I I got great dirt. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, it hasn't been dry at all. I either ride in mud, and then it just gets pretty good, and then it pours down rain again. So the setting I've been running at home has been, you know, has to be stiffer and hold up more for the softer dirt. Right. And it wasn't that soft at Anaheim. Even when it rained, it didn't get soft. It just got split. So I started kind of getting it together and doing better and then 
for when they decide the practices for like B or C practice for the privateers. Yeah. They want it's random. And I got put in the C practice, which was the last practice. And it started raining after yep. they prepped the track for the last group. And we had the muddiest practice. So <laughs> was, we were jumping stuff. You know, it wasn't like terrible mud, but it was like getting flicker and flicker and flicker. And it was hard to really kind of push there at the end. So I missed it by nine tenths of a second. So, I mean, it wasn't just that. Like I kind yeah. of, you know, some setup issues with, you know, just coming in and, you know, I haven't rode that kind of dirt in a little bit. And my, well, I was off on my setup, and I started getting that dialed in. And then the, the rain came and got me again. It followed me to California. Yeah. So, so but, I mean, off the track, man, it was great. Our team killed it. All our sponsors were super happy with everything that got on. The look was good. I mean, you walked by there, Jamie. Like, we got we got. Awesome program this year. Yeah, yeah, and I want to talk about that in a moment. TJ, you had a question. Yeah, I just had a question. So coming in this year and every year, they talk about how the top guys and all that kind of stuff. And I was curious for the privateers like you coming in. I mean, we had eleven guys in the press conference. I mean, there's, there's, I think we counted it. There's something like thirteen factory, basically factory guys. Does that weigh on privateers? And do y'all think about that? Are you just kind of since you've been like doing this long, does it does it bother you, or you just move on? How does that work? No, I mean, it doesn't matter. If I everything goes good and everything's, you know, working right and I'm ready and, you know, feeling good and stuff and I ride to my potential, then it, I mean, I kind of think that I can race with anybody. Yeah, and you got to kind of have that mentality if you want to even attempt to be good. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, you got to um, have the mindset for sure. Um, like, I didn't even look at the entry list. I just faced the entry list early to make sure AMA got my entry and put me on it. But other than that, it's like, you know, it doesn't matter. Whoever shows up, shows up. I need to be, I need to go ride to my potential and I'll be good. Yeah. And that's, that's the, that's a great attitude to have. Cause yeah, if you, if you go in there knowing that, well, I'm not as good as these guys, you're going to, you're just yeah. not, you're going to fail. Um, and it's, I mean, it was, it's tough. There's like, you know, there's some guys moving up. I mean, usually the 250 class has more than us, but there's a decent amount of guys that are getting off those 250 to getting on the 450 because, that's where there's more money. Right. It's a lot cheaper to race a 450. I mean, that's what I've been doing forever. <laughs> but, uh, and we have some arena cross guys that, you know, they had good rides in arena cross, but now they don't got nothing. Right. So they want to race. So, I mean, I'm sure they're balling on a budget like all of us. So <laughs> they're going to ride a 450. So there was like some good, I mean, you know, the top, top 50 is, you know, pretty good riders, you know, all capable of making night shows. And, you know, and that's all the way down to 50th. Yeah, you're yeah. you're 100 correct. They always say it's a stacked field, and and that that goes trickles down all the way to the privateers. Um, yeah, that's not even including like the Osborne. Yeah. Well, he was hurt, but like right. the Vachis and those guys moving up, and guys like Chad Reed and them, they're still there too. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's a lot of fast guys that are just not going to make some of the the night shows or the mains. You know, I mean, obviously the mains, but there's just so many fast guys. But I want to ask you a little bit about your program. Um, you know, you're from East Texas, but you've got some help from a lot, a lot of guys. You've got a good program. You tell me on the airplane. Um, and by the way, thank you for the ride to Anaheim to the stadium. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for the lunch at Subway. Oh, I got no. to use, I got to use your sandwich on my rewards card. So I, I'm going to get even more free food. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But yeah, tell us about your program. Tell us about your training, your team, um, and <clears throat> the, the people that are helping you out. Well, this year I hooked up with Bubba Colley and his program. Uh, last year it was him and Michael Kaiden. And, uh, you know, we were, we're 
the three of us are always, you know, kind of like close in speed and we're always racing with each other and all that stuff. And I got to talking to those guys and stuff and I was kind of on limited support and everything last year. And I came in with a bum hand and, you know, I was kind of knew I was going to be kind of a halfway season for me. And I got talking to those guys and I just needed a bike hauled and stuff. And I talked to Bubba about, you know, hauling a bike for me. And he took my bike to, from Dallas to Tampa and they took it to Tampa to Atlanta for me. And then he was like, hey, man, you know, you ride a Cowie tune and stuff, and, you know, you can pit with us. So they kind of, you know, gave me a place to stay, and then uh, Michael Kaiden got hurt, and I kind of filled in for his spot for a few races. And then I took a couple races off because they went to Seattle and all over the damn place. And then I was actually borrowing a motorcycle to do some of the West Coast races um, from a rider that I used to ride 80s. Probably, yeah, 80s, 85s with us back at Badlands and stuff when I was that age. And uh, he hooked me up with his bike. He blew his shoulder out and couldn't ride it. And he had a 2018 Cali 450, and I brought my suspension and bars. And I flew out and did some racing. And and kind of Bubba let me kind of hang out with those guys. And I, we just, I just kind of just started talking to him about next year. I said, hey, man, I got some great sponsors that, you know, kind of want to do something bigger. And I was like, you know, maybe I can bring it to you and Michael's program. And, you know, I need my bike hauled around and we can kind of combine our resources and everybody wins right instead on. of us cutting each other's throats and we all bleeding out like a lot of people want to do. Right. <laughs> you, were, you were bringing up Badlands and getting in the Wayback Machine made me think, how long have you been pro now? Uh, like local? Yeah, I mean, like when did, you, when did you turn pro? My last intermediate B race was Loretta's in 2005. I knew it had been a minute. I knew it had been a minute. Yeah, it's been a while. I'll be 31 Monday. Oh, wow. Well, happy birthday. Happy early birthday. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw you're uh, wearing the form of boots this year. How do you like them, and how do they compare to what you wore in the past? Uh, they're good. Uh, I mean, I actually broke in a new pair today, and I uh, maybe 10 minutes of ride some Supercross, and they feel broke in. You know, they got a whole lot of the, the hinge design, so they break in well. And, uh, I mean, yeah, they're high-quality uh, European boot. And they're what I like about them compared to the other boots I've been wearing is they feel very light. Oh, wow, okay. So when you go to pick my foot up for a corner or to pick it up over a deep rut, mm-hmm. they feel lighter. So, That's But cool. I've always been, like, I don't have a boot deal or whatever, or I've been offered boot deals. From boots that I didn't think were high, high quality. So all the boots I've been wearing since I can remember have always been a high quality boot, and this is just another one. Awesome. But awesome. Uh, yeah. our, our, uh, me and Bubba's our teammate. We have a, uh, his name is uh, John Cross. He's from Spain. He rode 250 West, and he's going to do 250 or 450 East. He's like the Spanish Supercross champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a sponsor he brought to the team. So cool. Awesome. Uh, they're supporting us well, and they're great boots. And I think Tyler Bowers is wearing them too. Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw that that he yeah. got off or, or no longer wearing Garnet and wearing those. So. Right on. Yeah, they're I mean they're good boots. Like I said, I've broken a new pair today. It took me about ten minutes. It's amazing what they can do with boots nowadays with the hinge stuff. I remember back in the day, you'd have to buy a pair of boots and then go push mow the yard in them. Yeah, I I don't get new boots very often, but I was I, my Alpine Stars that I just got. Shoot, I put them on. I, they felt good to me right away. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, they've come a long way with them. So we're we're a few days away from Glendale. Um, you know, what are your what are your expectations for Glendale? What are your goals? Um, 
well, I already got my bike better. Okay. <laughs> I know that for that for that West Coast soil. So, um, I think I just need to start the day better. Like in that, you know, start this life, you know, having my bike more dialed in, you know, when I, something happens in free practice, whether like I had, like I had an issue with a flat tire or something, if you, you can't learn the track to your full potential in that short eight minutes. It's really hard to learn new stuff while you're trying to set a lap time when it starts, when they start timing us for qualifying. Yeah. So I need to do my normal deal where I pick the track up faster and that kind of, you know, carry on through the day. And, you know, definitely need to want to be in that fast 40. Yeah, you know, for sure. For the least. Let, let me ask then, you, that. how many A1s have you done? A1s? Yeah. Uh, quite a few, and I've only qualified for one. Okay, so. not very good odds. <laughs> <laughs> but typically, and I, I've asked, I asked Cooper Webb this, and I asked Barsha at the press conference. Um, typically, A1s known as being kind of an easy track. Just It seems like they're easing everybody in or whatever. I say easy yeah. in quotes, but what did you think about this A1? Because it was very technical, and I'd like to get your thoughts. I keep asking about that big double-double. That that thing was monstrous. I thought the track was killer, like, especially for, like you said, like I do I do a lot better on the more technical tracks. Mm-hmm. The easier they are, the, the more I struggle. Because uh, my strengths are like usually like the rhythms and bigger whoops and stuff, but uh, usually that'd be a track I'd be good at. So like I was walking in practice, I'm like, oh yeah, this is good. Nice. And then that double-double across the start, you know, wasn't really crazy bad. Okay. Just, if it had a little steeper lip, it'd be easier, but the lip wasn't like, a, it was the length of a normal Supercross triple, but the lip wasn't really too poppy. Yeah. If that makes sense. And the corner just got beat up. So when the corner was good, it was pretty easy. Okay. Cause, yeah, but, then, Ken... but I mean, 250 guys would be struggling with it, you know, a little bit, but on 450, it wasn't bad. Yeah. Cause Kenny said the same thing. It's about the same size as a triple, but looking at it from the stands, it looks so much bigger to me. Yeah, we were hitting a little faster. Like I said, it had the top of a triple, so you had to approach it with more speed. Yeah, well, there's so no that way. probably made it look longer. There's People no way stretch, I would ever looking like they're stretching out. Well, it was it was awesome uh, from TV and like watching it and seeing them do something different. You know, <laughs> I mean, you can only design a track so many different times. So maybe that's something that I don't think of all the years I've been around, I don't think I've ever seen them do like the big, huge double-double over two lanes. That was awesome. I think 2014 Atlanta, it wasn't double-double, but we had one double over the the exit of the first turn, but then you landed and you didn't double again. You just crossed the start. Yeah. Well, Scotty, um, do you still do your, your riding schools when you're in? Uh, yeah, I don't do school during Supercross because I'm gone on the weekend. Mm-hmm. But, like, actually, when you texted me this morning or earlier today to remind me about uh, the podcast, I was actually training a rider. Oh, okay. I got that text. So I got off work at the gym and then started training him, and I rode myself for about 30, 40 minutes. Who are you working with right now? Uh, he's just a guy out of Shreveport, just kind of kind of a new rider. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, I, I know I, you've done I a lot of work. mostly with, like, uh, more so, like, kind of just the local beginner guys just getting into riding and wanting to get to a higher level locally. I don't really right. work with any, like, going to Am- going to Loretta's Prodigy Kids, which, honestly, I like better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, you know, they're super happy and having fun and appreciative and, I don't know. Probably absorbing it better or, than, a, yeah, a fast kid might have a little bit more attitude. Not, yeah, some of them are like, yeah, I'm going to go, you know. I'm gonna, I might qualify for Loretta, so I have it made. Like, right. Oh. 
<laughs> I got one of those little you jerks. Can, you can win Loretta's and, Still and not make go it. nowhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Well, if somebody is interested in the area um, and getting you to help them with ride lessons, how, how do they reach you? Yeah, my Instagram or my Facebook. Just send me a message. And if uh, we'll get with you whenever I see it. So, yeah, like I said, I keep like this guy I trained today. He's at Shreveport. Yeah. He's a photographer as well as a DJ. Oh, that's so pretty cool. kind of works his own schedule. So he's obviously photography and obviously DJ. He's busy on the weekends. Definitely. So he can ride on a Tuesday. So it worked out good for him. So Wish I could ride on Tuesday. We like kids this time of year. Train kids more in the summer than other kids. You know, they're in school right now. So. Yeah. Well, Scotty, we'll uh, I I will see you this weekend in Glendale, and I definitely want to get uh, an interview with you on site this weekend. Um, I didn't I didn't get back there at A one, but at Glendale, I definitely want to get with you, meet some of the guys on your team. Um, but hey, thanks for taking some time with us tonight. Again, thank you for the the ride that saved me. Quite I didn't realize how much an Uber was going going back to LAX was uh, about three times what your car rental cost. Jeez. Yeah. So. Yeah. Man, yeah. <laughs> I won't make that mistake well, I, again. I fly in. I got a $115 round-trip spirit ticket, which <laughs> I already got my stuff to A1, so I can kind of cram everything in a, a gear bag. And SXR brought our gear, so my gear's already there besides my seat braces and chest yeah. protector. And I can stuff that in my backpack, so I'm flying spirit, have some clothes, nice. and some of my rhino power stuff, and knee braces, and... Chest stretcher. Oh, and a kidney belt. I'm probably one of the only people that wears a kidney belt. <laughs> so you're date, you're dating yourself back. there. Yeah, that's put it in the seat. And uh, I'm good at 115 bucks round trip. But right. I fly out at 11:20 out of DFW Thursday night and get there to one. Oh, oh okay. wow. Well, we'll see but, you there. Hey, and <laughs> if any of our listeners are going to Glendale, find the 501. Go say hi to Scotty. Uh, he's a great guy. He'll talk to you for a few minutes if if he's not about to go out for practice. I'm sure, but. Um, Scotty, thank you, man. All right, man. I appreciate it. And a uh, huge thanks to all our sponsors and our team. we got a killer program this year. and So many people come together to make this happen. And whether it was we have team sponsors, I have personal sponsors. Well, give us a list of your personal uh, sponsors. Give us a list of your personal sponsors real quick. Uh, personal or team? Let's do personal. All right. Well, this year uh, – Bigger ones this year is uh, Joe Alsup of Alsup Plumbing. Some of you guys might know him. He owns a ton of vintage bikes and collects them. He's always yep. at the TVRC races. Uh, he let me ride on his bikes at Diamond Downs a couple years ago. And then the first one he let me ride, he just bought the day before, and it blew up on <laughs> laughing to the first moto. But then he let me ride another one that was like one of his good ones, and I won on it and he was pretty pumped and then he kind of was like you got to come race my bike for so I started doing that and then so he's kind of helping me with some of my expenses that uh, I have to come up with on my own and then I also have LDF Racing which is my father-in-law uh, I use his bulldozer and his dirt for my tracks so that's a big help you know for being able you know to, right uh, I, got a, I, got a, I got a normal job with me and my wife having our gym so you know, that's kind of the way I can do it is by having Supercross track at my house. Uh, Danny Richardson, RMW Construction, uh, Dennis Driscoll, D&D Development, uh, Mirko Luki, uh, MRK, uh, Mechanic. Uh, you guys probably know him. He's done some stuff for Shan, and I think he built that uh, 500 or worked on it for Dennis Hawthorne. Yeah, the, the replica bike, yeah. Yep. Uh, 
uh, race tech, uh, bell helmets, Mobius, uh, knee braces, uh, Shan with shock socks. And those, I believe, are all my personal sponsors. And then if I could list our team sponsors, that would be rad. Yeah, have at it. Uh, Thomas with TXS Productions. He is our title sponsor for our team. Uh, he does. He helps out not just us, but other riders and other uh, other sports, extreme sports, bull riding stuff like that. He's a uh, career firefighter out of Las Vegas. He's a super cool guy. It's super into the sport, and he's doing a lot for us this year. And he did a lot for the team last year before I was on it. Um, Outlaw Motorsports, Kawasaki dealership out of Illinois. Super. They've been above his dealership for a while, and he's been getting his bikes from them for a while. And they're big time supported the team. We got some Team Green support through them, and they've been super good for helping us get our new Cowies and all that. Uh, Jeff Patterson at Hitch Hotel. I know we talked about the Hitch Hotel maybe the first time I was on your show. Yeah, I think so. I remember that. And he was working on patents then, and now he's got it launched, and he's having a hard time keeping up making them as fast as he can sell them, which is a great problem. That's cool. And it's like a little pop-out thing that goes on your hitch of yep. your vehicle, and it uh, pops out when you get there, so it's like, I guess, uh, high-class camping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen those. Those are really cool. Yeah, they're super cool. Um, I felt like I talked talked like I wore my jaw out talking about them this weekend. <laughs> we got a super good response on those. Uh, the Moto Hub social media app. They were a personal sponsor of mine last year, and they came on the team with tons of support this year. Super cool. They helped out a lot of privateers, Van Mart, Tyler Intitnap, Colt Nick. There's a bunch they help out. Uh, St. Louis Tattoo, Top Secret Designs, taking care of our graphics and did all our banners and designs and any kind of digital designs we had done. Uh, blood lubricants, killer oil, killer chain lube. Jamie, we talked about them a little bit in the airport. Yeah, we had Super Jeff on cool. the show last week. Yep, I believe he will be at Phoenix as well, too. Cool. Uh, dedicated Ryco, uh, another another littler clothing company that supports the sport, help out privateers. Uh, FXR gear, awesome gear, first year for me wearing it. You know, super good contingency for, for privateers, super good gear. Sickwick Candles, Rhino Power. Kirk Hunter Extreme Colors did our helmets. Gold Friend Brakes, Forma Boots, Recluse. Recluse has been one of my best sponsors since 2013. Their auto clutch is killer. I don't understand why more even pros don't run the auto clutch. Tamer uh, Whole Shot Devices, Pirelli Tires, Nun Exhaust out of Spain, Dirt Tricks, Sprockets, Mika Metals, No Toil, Works Connection, Tommy Taylor, NCN. That's some great sponsors. We have a ton. Yeah. But out any of those guys, like, it wouldn't happen. Right. Yeah, it's also awesome. those. Like last year, where I was just doing minimal races. It's also awesome those companies putting uh, so much into the privateers. Yeah. You know, that, that is a great thing. Yeah, super cool. Scotty, thank you, man. We appreciate you coming on. Um, I know you've had a busy day, but t- taking some time for us means a lot to us. Oh, man, no big deal. Every day's busy. If not, it's <laughs> All right, well, we'll see you this weekend. All right. Good good night. See ya. Thank you, man. Bye. All right. So we're going to, that's the last of our guests tonight. Um, What's up with YouTube? Those guys, did you get any questions? Nobody's kind of quiet right now? Everything's been quiet so far. Well, where's Hal? Is he still around? I don't know. It doesn't tell me the name of the people who's watching. Is still in the the room or whatever? It does not. It's not like a chat room. 
Okay. Um, so anybody else got anything? No, sir. No, TJ? Nope. Um, TJ's ready for us to leave. Yeah, I was... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, am I missing something? Yes, but that's okay. You want to get to work on your trailer or you want to work on your wife? Yeah, definitely not the trailer. Oh, okay. I sent the wrong text. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, all right, so I, I thought we were going to answer some YouTube questions, but I guess we don't have any or you don't care. Uh, yes. Something, guys. I guess that's episode 107. Um, please support us on Patreon if you can. Patreon.com, search Moto X Pod Show. Um, what else? Extreme Colors. Let's give a rundown of our support our list again. Torque One Racing is our title sponsor. We appreciate them. Shock Socks, MX Girl Designs for your graphics. All Sport Dynamic Wrist Braces, Mad Jack Synthetics for Amsoil. Fly Racing, Power Band Racing if you have WP Suspension. Works wheels and mods if you need any motor work or anything Cerakoted. Extreme colors. Kirk Hunter, get a helmet painted. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. So let's get this thing wrapped up. Thank you, Wes, for showing up. JT yeah. for coming in. No problem. Thanks for having uh, me. TJ for uh, being Doing in the nothing. studio. Hey, hang on. Scotty just sent me a text. Let me see. Shit. says, I forgot to mention one of our... Oh, spot, uh, Frog Fitness is one of their sponsors. That's awesome. So, yeah, check out Frog Sponsors, supporting Scotty and Winterstrom. All right, I guess that's it. We'll see you. Ne- we'll talk to you next week. And look for some more YouTube footage from Glendale. From us. That's it. See you. See you. I want to see you.